0: Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian
1: response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, president of the
2: American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. Tim Wildman here. With Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed.
0: Good morning, Tim.
2: And Fred Jackson. Howdy. Folks, we thank you for listening. Ed, if uh, folks want to join us on what you affectionately call that there internet, and I'm quoting you there. Yes. Quote that there internet. What do they need to do? Well, you can go to either Facebook
0: or YouTube and search for Today's Issues. That's the name of this program, as Tim just said. You can click through, and you can watch us do radio. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can. It's technology. Who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> right? Well, I, I, would, Come I, would, on. I would say anyone with good eyesight You going to regret watching can, us.
2: Well, you can watch Intellect. In action. Well, that's true. You can watch Intellect, intellect in action. That'd be a name. That'd be a great name for this show. Yes. Intellect in action.
0: Change it from today's issues to intellect in action. You'd have to be careful how you spelled it because if you said intellect and then just ran together the words in action, then it would be the opposite What if you message. just said intellectuals in action? Or inactive. Plural. Yes. Or inactive. Okay. All right. And so uh, also, folks, if you are going to be traveling, for example, and be away from your radio station Mm -hmm. to which you're listening right now, want to continue listening, download the AFR app and you can listen to us 24-7 or anywhere you have good internet, high-speed internet. You can also stream the audio for our programs, uh, all of our programs Mm -hmm. on American Family Radio by going to AFR.net on your computer. We stream the audio. And you can also
2: get uh, podcasts there as well. All right, folks. Again, thanks for joining us. Fred, what's leading the news this morning?
1: Well, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom in California uh, is still in the governor's chair this morning. After the recall vote yesterday, he won, I I have to say, easily. 63.9% of the vote went in favor of the sitting Democrat governor uh, to 36% for those who wanted uh, him removed from office. So it was a blowout, basically. Uh, Cal- They're still counting votes
2: out there. California likes themselves some liberalism. Yeah. You like yeah, the way- yeah. I don't know how you break down that sentence there. <laughs> but-
0: <laughs> well, and I just I did find uh, on Ballotpedia the election results in 2018 when Gavin Newsom was elected. He actually got a higher percentage yesterday than he did when he was elected 61.9% in
2: 2018. Listen, I, I, I really like Larry Elder. He gave it, he gave it his best shot there Mm -hmm. in California as a Republican conservative, uh, on this recall, uh, ballot, but, uh, California, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're so far left Mm -hmm. and they, they like it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I, I don't, uh, if you can believe it, um, I'm looking right now at U.S. cities with
0: most homeless in 2020. One, two, three, four, five, six are in California in the top ten. Yeah. Los Angeles, San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco, San Diego, Santa Ana. Right. Six out of ten. Right.
1: In California. And that was one of the points that Larry Elder tried to make, that they had to do something about the the homeless situation. Let let me uh, – Give you a little bit of sound here from last night when the results were finally in. First, you're going to hear from uh, Governor Gavin Newsom and then uh, from Larry Elder. Cut number one.
3: I've been all over the state
0: of California, conservative parts of the state, progressive parts of the state, folks that I, I know
2: were going to vote no and votes that I knew were going to vote yes on this recall and, and turned out to do just that, you know. We may have defeated Trump, but Trumpism is not dead in this country.
4: The majority of declined the state voter him just two years ago. Now the
2: majority want him out. And they're calling this a Republican takeover. It is insulting to the people of California who signed their petition and who voted yes on the recall. It is insulting. But that's how they roll. What's insulting? We don't roll that way. We don't think... Finger- Cut that off. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about.
1: Was that Larry Elder? That was Larry Elder right there at the end there. He was that was his concession speech. I, I think there and I'm just guessing here on the on the context of that. Basically he was saying that uh the, the the governor made it a point during his campaign, during the recall campaign. He did not talk about his success. What he tried to do was paint Larry Elder as being a <laughs> a black Donald Trump. Uh, he said, you know, Donald Trump was defeated in the election last year, but Trumpism is alive in our country and our country is looking to California to show the direction. So, uh, and, uh, president Joe Biden was out there on Monday night. That's uh, what
2: put him over the top.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I know that's tongue in cheek. Yes. Yeah, I know. Well, l- listen, uh, First of all, we should say it is very easy to start a recall Mm -hmm. in California. So you don't actually have to have a widespread movement Mm -hmm. against Gavin Newsom to try to get him out of office. California is just one of those states that's pretty easy to do it. Um, But uh, I would say this, to Larry Elder's point, there is a lot of dissatisfaction with the way things are going in California it's just that the majority of people in California don't think Republicans have the answer mm-hmm. and that's, you're just going to have to, I don't know what you do to change a state like that. I think you've said, Tim, it's it's, it's hopeless because these people, when it comes to liberalism and the quote unquote progressive movement, they're all in yeah, right. and they're, they're willing to step over, uh, homeless people and human droppings and needles from drug addicts. They're willing to step all over that kind of stuff on their way to get their Starbucks. And until they're willing to change their mind, you're gonna get people like Gavin Newsom in office.
2: Now I will say looking at the map, there's two Californias. Right. Oh yeah. As Fred has alluded to. Uh there's the coastal California where the aforementioned uh, people you just described add so eloquently. Uh, live, and then there's the uh, I guess you call it the the rest of California, the uh, Inland California, Fres- Central, Fresno,
1: Central Valley, Central Valley. Yep. Is, that,
2: is that what they call it? And, where, where all our where, it's where all our food comes from. Yeah, <laughs> Fres- our, Fresno area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and all the way up to the uh, north yeah. and northeast part of the yeah. state, it's all solidly yellow. Like you said, you can look at the map, you can see
2: the two Californias. Uh, but there, but or... there's not enough of them, right? No, they're, 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 they're California country folks. Yeah. <laughs> and just not enough of them to overwhelm, overcome the, uh, mass population along the coastal part of California and these big, cities. so collectively as a state, it's going to be the, they're, they're, they're deep blue mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, so, and a lot of companies are moving out of California because of all the taxation and regulations A lot of them are moving to Texas and Arizona and other places. Uh, so, you know, the people of California have decided they want to continue the road their own, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: including all the COVID mandates, all the COVID mandates, the majority of Californians, despite maybe what we have been told, they're good with it. So, so next question (laughs) Yep. Nick, Nick, what else you got?
1: Well, uh, that's in on the California front. I'll, there's another big story, though, that's brewing out there. And I, I guess it's it's going to unfold over time. The current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General uh, Milley. And he, he's the subject, Mark Milley. He is the subject of a new book out by Bob Woodward, Woodward of Watergate fame. All right. In this book, the basic thrust of the book is that Milley, in the wake of the election last November, basically undermined President Trump on his way out of office after the election, going around and including, according to Bob Woodward, General Milley went to his counterpart or called his counterpart in China and said, hey, listen, if this crazy president of ours tries to do anything in the last months he's in office, like, attack you guys, uh, I'll give you a phone call and give you a warning ahead of time. And then, now, remember, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and this is really important in context, he is an advisor to the president. He is not in the chain of command in the military. The allegation is, according to Bob Woodward's book, is that he held a meeting with all of these military chiefs and basically said if you get orders from anybody it's got to go through me first all right so that's where we are tucker carlson addressed this last night uh on his program and this is what he had to say on fox cut number two according
0: to reporting this summer in the days after last november's election mark milley the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff held a meeting with senior military officials at the Pentagon. Milley wanted to inform them of what he described as a serious threat to national security, a threat so grave that it imperiled, quote, the stability of the Republic. That threat, Milley said, was the sitting president of the United States. Donald Trump had dared to question the election results. For this, Milley explained, the U.S. military might be required to use physical force against the president. We're the guys with guns, Milley said. Apparently he'd been preparing for this moment. Millie had similar conversations with the director of the CIA, Gina Haspel, as well as with the head of the NSA,
3: Paul Nakasone. He'd also spoken directly to Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump's chief political writer. Uh, and on and on the story
1: goes. And as I say, according to the Woodward book, uh, also co-written by Bob Costas, uh, that uh, he the conversation with his Chinese counterpart. Now, none of this has been proven. Let us point out, although uh, Sandy Rios sent out something this morning, a a Twitter account that's out there this morning saying some of the people, the military people who were in that meeting that is referenced in the Woodward book uh, are willing to testify to that effect. As of us going on the air 15 minutes ago, I have not seen any reaction to this from General Milley, who is still... The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So this story is going to go on. Woodward, because of his credibility with Watergate, uh, whenever he writes a book, um, it's, it usually has some kind of impact. So uh, the story is going to be around for a while. But the question is now, if, if the allegations in this book are true, does it constitute, one of the questions being asked, does it constitute treason, for instance, for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to go to his Chinese counterpart and say, hey, don't worry. If this crazy President Trump tries anything in the last months in office, I'll give you a phone call and warn you ahead of time. Well, uh, I
0: want to say a few things about this. First of all, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas has said, this seems far-fetched to me. But apparently both General Mark Milley and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin are supposed to be testifying in front of Congress, Tom Cotton says, in just a few days. And so we're going to find out what General Milley says in response to this. Second of all, if that is true, if Mark Milley says, yes, that was true, I was concerned that Trump was a nut and he would try to start a war to keep himself in office. But if that's true, that is treason and he should go to prison for the rest of his life because – what he's saying is that he would have acted in such a way that would have resulted in the deaths of Americans. If you're trying to attack someone first in secret, and then you reveal that to the enemy of our country, that would have resulted in the deaths of uh, untold hundreds of Americans who would have, I, I don't, I don't think we, we would have attacked China unprovoked anyway, but third what really concerns me about this obviously if that's true that would be very concerning but what concerns me about this is that more and more we are seeing that the left really does think that conservatives pose an existential threat to the country they actually thought president trump was going to attack china and that that uh, we're all a bunch of whack jobs All the language that has been coming out about vaccines and uh, conservatives, you know, want to kill people with, you know, not being vaccinated. January 6th, we're going to continue to hear about that.
1: Called an insurrection. Called
0: an insurrection. And now you had, the the, was he the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at this time? He was. Now you have the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff telling military leaders not to listen to the president. The commander in chief talking about president Trump, president Trump. When, when, when I'm talking about just so people don't think you're talking current. No, this is before president Biden was inaugurated.
2: Yeah. All right. Millie was then he was chairman, chairman of yeah. joint yeah. and the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. If you're not familiar with that is a cabinet post and it is, uh, considered the top military position in the country, uh, the secretary of defense would be right there with it, which is also a uh, uh, cabinet level position would also be, you know, they'd be one, two or one, one, a, however you want to put it, but we'll wait and see what uh, general Milley, how he responds to this accusation made by Bob Woodward, the journalist from the Watergate, fame, as Fred said, he's a liberal himself. Mm-hmm, right. And, uh,
0: and re- recently wrote a, you know, wrote a book, critical of president Trump yeah. and his administration. Listen, Mark Milley's got to deny this. I mean, he's got, if he's, if right, he's categorically. going to go, he's got to say, this is absolutely not true. I don't know where Bob Woodward, he's got to deny this. He can't just, he can't go before Congress and say, yeah, yeah, you know, I did he because
2: pull, you don't think he can pull a blanking where he just acts like he doesn't know. Well, the what, accusation what trying- is, is that he actually said it. Yeah. So he's
0: he he's got to have attorneys saying no. You got to deny this.
1: Well, I find it interesting. This story has been out at least twenty four hours now. Uh, we haven't had a denial yet. Now, on another network, they were reading a portion of Woodward's book, apparently based on a transcript released by Nancy Pelosi's office of the telephone conversation that she had with. Uh, General Milley, post-January 6th, where he was talking to her about his concerns about what might happen in the country after the riot on the Capitol. So if that is true, if there is a transcript of a telephone call that Nancy Pelosi's office has released, that might add some credibility to Woodward's well, and I'll
0: tell you something else, too. This is something that Tucker Carlson brought up when he discussed this last night, is if that conversation happens, our intelligence agencies have a copy of it. Yes. They, that, that, I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. They, whether Mark Milley tipped them off ahead of time or not, you don't call the Ch- head of the Chinese military – on your cell phone and the federal government, the intelligence agencies not know about it. So they would have a transcript. They would have a copy of that conversation, that, whether or not they release it to the public or not is a whole. Does the
2: chairman story. of the joint chiefs of staff in this case, General Milley, does he serve at the pleasure of the president?
0: Oh yeah. He could be fired. Yes. Is that what you're asking?
2: Yeah. But by, by that, by that, I mean, does he answer to the
0: yes. commander yes. in chief? Yes. yes.
2: Okay. I know we're spending a lot, a lot of time on speculation here, but it's based on a, a book by Bob Woodward, a liberal. So, uh, but he may, I, I haven't read the book. So, but if, if that's true, if, if this is how it's being described and general Milley is going, talking to the communist Chinese government about what he can do basically to stop Trump, should Trump uh, then president Trump, you know, do something nutty, crazy to try to start a war with China. I'm talking about a physical firing war, right? you know, with missiles and, and guns and everything. Uh, which I don't know why tr- Trump would have even thought of doing that, but, uh, I guess they would, the argument would be Trump, Trump's crazy, right? But he'd
0: try to stay in office this way. Try to stay
2: in office. Yeah. As a dictator. But we do need to hear the from idiots. the general because yes. if he did do this, Resignation, court martial. It depends on what he said and how he said it and what he did. But I can only imagine. Had someone done this on the other side, you had a Democrat president, and you had a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff doing something to undermine or being subordinate. The left right now would be going crazy. So uh, and
0: and let me let me uh, let me walk back just a little bit of what I said earlier. I'm not sure it's technically treason unless we were in an official war with China. Mm. I think it's treason us. Yes. He would right. certainly, like you said. You pretty know, high standard it's to, pretty, be, yeah, to, be, to be to be thrown into prison. We'd have to be <clears> at
2: war yeah. with China. But, but if he were to be thrown into prison, I'm talking about Millie, is that what yeah. you're talking about? A lot of time for reading up on white rage. Yes, because he's all into that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I mm-hmm. think we could recommend some books him so yeah. he could get all caught up with white rage because he wants to study it
0: yes well that's he, he, he wants the military to be
2: well versed, up to speak well, well, versed. well versed well versed when i heard him say that a few months ago testifying before congress i just thought to myself are you telling me this man is the top military leader in our country and he really believes in studying white rage that's what he wants to devote some time too, so he can, I thought you might as well have told me you want to study Bigfoot. <laughs> huh? Uh, yeah. I can, Huh? Because that white rage he's talking about that doesn't even exist. That's not even a, that's not even, a, he, he's bought into the critical race theory. Right. boogeyman. man. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, uh, now if you want, if you, if he wanted to say, I wanted to understand, what was behind, I want to understand what was behind the anger of January 6th. Right. Uh, that's fine. But it wasn't white rage. Right. And these people that, on the left, they want to continue to say Trump voters equal right, white supremacists. Right. Equal racist. equal KKK, equal Hitler. Equal, do, equal domestic terrorists. Equal domestic terrorists, and they must be dealt with. Yes. Uh, which is not even anywhere close to the truth. I know a lot of those type of people that, that, that the left describes and I may be one, I don't know, but what motivates them is love of country, love of constitution, uh, concern about the direction of our country, not black folks. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You're, you're,
0: you're, you're saying yes, there is on, in conservative circles, a lot of, uh,
2: anger and, you know, Call whatever it rage, whatever you I mean, I, don't, I think that's a pretty strong word, but yeah. Well, oh, yeah, discontent. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. But a it's lot, not with black people. A lot of, but it's not, it's not race baited. In it's, fact, a lot of
0: conservatives supported Larry Elder yeah. in yeah. California, a black man, because
2: of his ideas. Yes, it has nothing to do. So, what the left and the mainstream media want to do, though, they know it's very hard to go after people just because of their political beliefs mm-hmm. in conservatism versus liberalism, for example, because good people on both sides. Right. And, and that's what they would like to do though, is paint all 80 million people or how many voted for Trump as, as people who on Tuesday night put on white robes and hoods. Right. Okay. And, th- and they all hate black people and they all hate Brown people And they just want to take away their right. They want to see an Aryan nation, right? If you can create that image, then, then you're going to scare the Dickens out of the general public against a group of people. And it's easier then to attack them, put them in camps, find them, uh, regulate them, watch them, put them on an NSA list, right? Have general Milley, uh, reading books about them. Yes. Huh? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So it, it's very clever on the part of the mainstream media and the people on the left to frame this as white nationalism, white supremacy, instead of talking about, no, this is these are people who love our country. They love our Constitution. They want to see free, election, free and fair elections. They don't hate anybody. Right. They're not motivated by white supremacy. They're motivated by uh, love of country and capitalism over Marxism. Right. For example, yeah. mm-hmm. but that so people, uh, but but you can't generate any emotion against people based on that. You right. got to tell people these are white supremacists, right? And they even said Larry Elder was a black man who was the face of white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll be back in a minute. Stay with us.
3: When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective.
4: Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases
3: violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net.
4: You know, when Matthew 19, the the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage and Jesus responded, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, (laughs) marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing.
2: Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net.
3: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Jaw-dropping allegations in a new book by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, set the stage for a de facto coup in the final days of the Trump administration. The general was apparently so concerned about the president's mental state, he devised a scheme with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the Chinese to circumvent the president's authority. The behavior outlined in the book is the very definition of treason, no matter the intent. Congress must address this clear and present danger to the republic, and General Milley must be held accountable for his actions. The commander-in-chief is a civilian, not a rogue general. You know, it turns out there really was an insurrection last January, but it was not perpetrated by President Trump. It was perpetrated by Nancy Pelosi and General Milley. By the way, my new book available right now at your favorite bookstore or online at toddstearns.com. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him— for we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3.
2: American Family Radio.
0: This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues.
2: Hey, welcome back everybody to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of this here program, ladies and gentlemen. Today's Issues AFR. If you want to send us an email, as long as it's a K Love email, which would mean positive and encouraging. Right. Uh you can do that. At comments at AFR.net. Positive and encouraging emails sent to comments at AFR.net. And, and we and we prefer if you can make them rhyme like a Dr.
0: Seuss book your comments
2: that that's that, that that
0: encourages us more
2: than anything it does it's it's redfish it, bluefish it touches our heart greenfish yeah you know something like that yeah. <laughs> throw some ham in there and some eggs that's right you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right so uh what do you have there brother ed yes
0: uh we are gathering uh stories now to play during our fall charathon and we would like to hear from you folks our listeners uh, has the Lord used American Family Radio in your life? Uh, have we been there or given the right thought at just the right time? We want you to share your story. Uh, we'd like to hear your AFR story.
2: It could be a, a blessing and an encouragement to others. Right. Don't so, call in and say, AFR has depressed me today with news yes. about what happened in Washington, D.C. You
0: can do that, but it, we're not going to air it. We're not going to air
2: it. <laughs> you right. can do that. It makes you feel better. Yeah, that's right. we got to have something good. Yes. Say. So I'm
0: going to give you the number. We're asking you to call and share for a minute or two, please. I, th- I don't mean to sound harsh. We don't need your life story. Okay. I'm sure your, <laughs> I, life, that's st- <laughs> yeah. your life story is probably awesome. All the right. things God has done for you, but we can't air that. It's got to be short. So that did come across. harsh. Yeah, it was, it was. Sorry, was, folks. That was rude. Yes. You need yes. to back that up. <laughs> so, uh, Call for just, please, just a minute or two, and you might hear yourself during share Here's the listener story hotline. That, Here's the I, number. Can I
2: set this? Yes. Of, okay, real quick. Before we're asking folks during our share in a few weeks here on AFR, on the radio that you're listening to right now, we're going to play listener clips of people like yourself who've been influenced by listening to AFR. You want to say something about that? We're going to, that encourages other listeners, especially during our time when we're trying to raise our financial needs, it's called manipulating the audience. (laughs) So if you can help us manipulate the audience, (laughs) we can raise more money. And I
0: sounded harsh.
2: That's that's basically what we're saying, people. (laughs) So no, no, wait, no wait. in all seriousness, if we want people to call in, share these stories, then we'll play them on the air.
0: Because what happens is, we listen. We we hear love hearing yes. the listener testimonies, but for folks who have given and will give during Sharethon, they're sitting there going, "Wow, my gift is helping Afr touch people like this."
2: That's, yes, that's, that's it. That's the so. idea. So we need to produce those now to get them ready to play during right. our October Sharethon.
0: All right, and here's the number to call eight seven seven. 876-8893. That number again, 877-876-8893. And you might very well hear your listener testimony on American Family Radio during our fall thon. All right, we want to welcome to the program someone we we love to have on Wednesdays, he's when not he's a, available. He's not a
2: white nationalist.
0: No, <laughs> Well, no, uh, uh, he's he's not Abraham Hamilton the third general counsel and public policy analyst, uh, analyst, analyst. Sorry, and also host of the Hamilton Corner, heard weekdays at 5 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Abraham, welcome back to today's issues.
4: Th- thank you all. Um, if I was accused of being a white nationalist, somebody should probably tell my mom. Uh, <laughs>
0: She'll be disappointed to hear that, I'm sure.
4: That she's raised the wrong child. <laughs> her entire oh life. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, uh, Abe.
2: Abe had a column that uh, we want to talk about. Yes, right? there
0: is no American monarchy. That's uh, the title of it. That's the that's the title of it, Abe. Uh, for those watching what's happening in our country, they might disagree with you on that. It appears to be there might be at least one in the offing. Uh, tell us what the, the title means and what you wrote about.
4: Yeah. So uh, the, the title, uh, There Is No American Monarchy, was um, uh, the title to an article that, that's posted on the stand at AFA.net. You can find it there um, that I wrote in response to Mr. Biden's announcement. Of a national injection mandate followed by his public scolding of certain Americans uh, um, in, in his I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if his ice cream somebody slipped a Mickey into his ice cream, but uh, he conveniently forgot uh, that the United States of America was formed by uh, declaring independence from a monarchy. Instead of him thinking that our Constitution allows him the unilateral authority to compel over 100 million Americans to be uh, injected against without their consent. Um, m- many people are now aware of uh, last week on the 9th, uh, Mr. Biden announced publicly uh, what well, it was announced publicly that the federal government would seek to compel private employers to require their employees, private employers with 100 or more employees to either be vaccinated, this term they used, or to be tested weekly. Um, that is not legal. There is no constitutional authority for that. Uh, the, the federal government ha- does not have the authority through an executive order, nor can they, as they uh, uh, alluded that they would do, uh, seek uh, OSHA to issue, you know, an occupational regulation that could require that um there interestingly to me politico which has fast quickly become the public relations arm of the federal government um issued and, uh published an article the day before conveniently mr biden made this announcement uh saying that there is constitutional jurisprudence to support a national vaccine mandate uh which i took issue with because the very case that they cite as the foundation for that from 1905 actually when you read the case does not say that at all. So uh, I thought it was important for people to know that there is no legal authority for that. And in the article, I provided a bunch of links, hyperlinks uh, to studies and other things that shows that one, there's no constitutional authority for this. Uh, Two, that there are recent studies that suggest that people who are naturally immune to COVID uh, as a result of having had COVID previously may be better uh, situated to withstand subsequent variants than those who actually become vaccinated after having COVID. And then thirdly, uh, to to even show that there are even some studies that show people who previously have had COVID who then are vaccinated could potentially be at risk for far worse complications than people who just face it with natural immunity in the first place. So it's unconstitutional and and even seemingly to be anti-science. And so I wanted to put all of that in one place as a resource uh, for our listeners and our supporters and for whoever else uh, may need this information. So,
0: Abe, uh, and then uh, Fred, jump in here. But you did mention the 1905 that uh, mm-hmm. case. That was a United States Supreme Court case. Yes. Uh, now, it dealt with a, an issue in the state of Massachusetts. That's so right. explain to our listeners briefly. They can read the article. And by the way, uh, Brett Creeley, our producer, it is posted on our Facebook page. Uh, So you'd have to look no further, folks, if you're already there. So just briefly explain why this 1905 Supreme Court case does not apply to what Joe Biden, uh, President Joe Biden, just did.
4: Yes, very simply. So the 1905 case, just cut right to it. There was a Lutheran pastor, 15 years old, actually, by the name of Henning Jacobson, uh, who responded to a state mandate in the state of Massachusetts in 1905 that required its citizens to be vaccinated against smallpox or pay a five dollar fine. Henning Jacobson had had horrible experiences with, with, with vaccinations in the past. He didn't want to do it, sued to prohibit uh, the application of that, that mandate to himself. The Supreme Court ultimately ruled against him, finding that it is within the police power of a state to enact a, a vaccination law. And it is for the legislature not for the courts to determine in the first instance instance where the vaccination is or is not the best mode for the prevention of smallpox and the protection of the public health. In that case, the Supreme court rightly recognized that emergency power to respond to public, uh, public emergencies, the bulk of it rests within the state state's government, not federal government. Then it went on to say that it is for the legislature to determine whether or not that's the best route to respond to a public health crisis in their state. Again, not for the federal government. The bevy of emergency powers in our country to deal with domestic issues rests within state power, not national or federal power. Next, the court also pointed out that the purpose of the smallpox vaccination was to prevent infection and transmission of the disease. Current science in our country rightly has recognized that none of the purported shots—not Johnson & Johnson, not Moderna, not Pfizer—none of them purport to prevent infection from SARS-CoV-2, which produces the disease COVID-19, nor does it pre- prevent transmission of SARS-CoV-2. So the science that was applicable in 1905 is not the same as today, because there are no uh, scientists that are openly uh, purporting to say that the vaccination or the shots prevent infection or transmission today. They're not even saying that, which the CDC tacitly recognized in its tra- changing of its definition for vaccination. It changed the definition from vac- for vaccination and away they, and, from and, preventing.
2: And, and to CDC's credit, excuse me for interrupting, but to the CDC's sure. credit, they made a big deal out of that change of definition. They ran billboards, they uh had television ads all over the country. They had public service announcements by celebrities. So they wanted the world to know: did the CDC that they had changed the definition uh, of of um, a virus,
4: vaccination. a
2: vaccination, yeah. rather? Uh, you know, in the middle of the night last Wednesday,
4: uh, uh, we're laughing in case because you don't know, guys. Tim is joking. I'm completely <laughs> joking because. Happen.
2: They, because the CDC changed They did change it in the middle of the night, but they didn't want anybody really to notice because it makes them look bad. Uh, exactly.
4: Why, it, it, why, why does it make them look bad? Well, it, it makes them look bad because they changed it a week after they granted approval to Pfizer, FDA approval to, I'm sorry. It looks bad because they changed the definition of vaccination a week after Pfizer was granted FDA approval for its BioNTech injection. So they're tacitly admitting that Pfizer's biotech injection does not prevent infection from SARS-CoV-2 or transmission of it. And by changing the definition of vaccination, it's a tacit, tacit admission uh, of that fact. And then finally, um, as we've stated, there's a study out of Israel, and I cite in this, in this article, uh, <clears throat> that indicates natural immunity may be more potent and more durable for those who've had uh, the coronavirus and have recovered from it and more lo- longer lasting than any of these purported vaccinations, including the Pfizer vaccination. And Dr. Anthony Fauci on CNN was asked directly about this by Sanjay Gupta. Uh, and he said, well, why should a person who has had COVID and recovered, why should they be vaccinated? This Israel, this study from Israel is saying that they should not be, to which Anthony Fauci responds, I don't really have a firm <laughs> answer on it. I'll circle
0: back to you. That's,
4: this is, that, this, that's this, like is,
2: Einstein saying, asking Einstein is two and. Two four and him going. I we're gonna to have to study that more, huh? <laughs> right. I mean, re- really. That for Dr. Anthony Fauci, an expert in this field, to say he doesn't know anything about that—basically saying I don't know whether natural immunity is is uh protection, protection or not. Uh, now he did say Fauci said we don't know how long it's going to last. He was downplaying right. what what the, the uh, but. But that's true about the vaccines too. I was. Right. I would have said to Fauci. And- uh, they last longer than your vaccines, my
4: friend. Right? <laughs> huh? and, and, and and here's the point: if if you don't know, why then should our national government compel 100 million Americans to be vaccinated? If you don't know, right? Like, h- how can you do that if there's studies that are suggesting natural immunity is more potent, and there are even some that are saying the combination of natural immunity plus the injection could result worse for people? Then how can the government come in and say, "Yeah, and by the way, we want 100 million Americans to do this."
0: Well, Fred's got you a question, and then I have one last question for you. Uh,
1: sure. Abe, it's a great article. We're also posting it on American News. I got some Family more dunks coming. Oh, you um, get some more dunks I got some more dunks coming. Now, you wrote this in the wake of the president's announcement last Thursday with regards to forcing private entities uh, to get mm-hmm. vaccinated. We have a lot of folks listening right now, I'm sure, who work for some arm of the federal government. Mm-hmm. The arguments that you make in this article. Do they apply? In other words, does Joe Biden, he may not have the constitutional right to force private companies to do this. But as the president of the United States, if you're a federal government employee, does the president then have the right to tell you or you're contracted to the federal government? uh, No, you must take the vaccine. So I'm differentiating between what he announced Mm -hmm. last Monday and what he's announced Mm -hmm. prior to that. Is there a difference?
4: There is a difference in the federal authority to act. However, what's not different is that becoming a federal employee does not preclude one from having their First Amendment freedoms. Just as private citizens have a a right of conscience and a right of religious expression and even rights under the the, the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, exemptions would apply for federal employees just as it would for private employees. The, the, I did an entire show explaining the process for pursuing a religious exemption, uh, which when you pursue a religious exemption, and I explained uh, that you have one line of the va- vaccination shots that was tested on aborted baby fetal tissue in terms of for the, the, the vaccination itself. Then you have others. The efficacy was tested along those lines. Not everybody may, may think that that's a religious basis to so object to them. Some people may think so. It's important to note that under applicable law, it does not matter whether the federal government agrees with your sincere religious objection. All that matters is that you have one. And let me add, a religious exemption objection is individual. There is no need for a person to have full uh, consent and agreement from their priest from their parishioners, from their denomination, or even from their pastor. Even if your pastor disagrees with you on it, that still doesn't preclude you from asserting a religious exemption. Next, it's important that if you assert a religious exemption, that it is not clouded with other things like your questions about medical efficacy or health concerns, because that would undercut your presentation of a religious exemption. That would go under another category, which would be an exemption request based on health. There are the Americans with Disabilities Act does apply if you have a situation to where you have a certain health condition that will prevent your uh, taking the vaccination. If you have other things uh, that are health concerns, that would be an exemption request filed under the authority of the American with, Disabil- Americans with Disabilities Act. So simply put, federal employees, even military members still have the constitutional authority to request To assert and to uh, to require these exemptions. And last thing I'll say on this, Mm -hmm. all of these exemptions must, exemption requests must be presented in writing. It's not enough to say them verbally. They should be submitted in writing. You should submit a copy to your employer. Keep a copy for yourself. Require the employer to document when they received your exemption request so that you can follow the procedures appropriately. And last thing I'll say, I said that before. No, you already already said that. Uh, (laughs) Firstliberty.org has a have a quit. <laughs> Have a I know you want to get your dunk on. I'm gonna throw, throw the ball <laughs> up for Allie, you uh, in a I just, know, I just uh,
2: want people to know they <laughs> to, uh, Abe is a pastor on my, the weekend. My and, second closing. And uh, pastors are, are notorious <laughs> in for conclusion. saying, in conclusion, <laughs> uh, when
4: they don't mean it. Right. Go ahead, sir. Finally, <laughs> thank you. FirstLiberty.org has exemption requests with cri- equip, rel- exemption request <clears throat> kits available. Where you can have form documents, tailor them to your particular situation, and then you can submit your yeah. uh, requests request using them. Firstliberty.org is the website for that. Terrific.
2: You, you got it. Could, I got something. Okay. Here. Okay. My question to you, brother Abe, attorney Abe, Pastor Abe, is uh, whatever happened to HIPAA laws? And, <laughs> and, 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 right. and and how do they how do they how how do they factor into all this?
4: Yeah, HIPAA laws prevent uh, the forced disclosure of your private health information. That's another concern. These are things that that in private consultations, I've talked to people about asking their employers, are they concerned with violating HIPAA laws? Are they making specific requests uh, for people to disclose their private uh, health information? That's an issue that has not yet been vetted within this context. And it also is a concern that should concern employers, private employers, as well as government Employers In my entire career as a prosecutor, whenever we had uh, medical records turned in, in any case, we had to file a particular subpoena that had court authority so that we would not be in violation of HIPAA. That is something that still is on our books and should still be a consideration for private employers as well as government employers.
2: I mean, so can employees ask, uh, you know, can it, Can it, your HR director go, hey, if you had your shot, your vaccination shot for covid and you, I'll just you say have to say way. or can you say, hey, have you had a, a brain test yet? Back
4: to <laughs> right. him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying right. here? Go ahead. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. And what and, and employers should be aware that by making by making those questions, by questioning in that manner, um, they could be putting themselves in jeopardy of violating HIPAA. This okay. is something that, again, has not yet been explored, uh, but it is something they need to be keenly aware of that could occur. You're listening
2: listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio. You got another couple of minutes here, Abe? Sure. Okay, you're listening to uh, today's issues on American Family Radio. Each Wednesday, Abraham Hamilton III uh, joins us, the days he is available. He is a constitutional lawyer and host of the Hamilton Corner and uh, is our attorney here at American Family Association. And we've been talking to him about a column he wrote, which is at our Facebook page, Today's Issues Facebook page, a column he wrote, which is excellent. talking about this whole COVID-19 uh, mandate uh, that uh, Biden put out last week and uh, forcing companies with 100 or more employees to have everybody fully vaccinated or Biden's going to put them out of business. Uh, that's the – I mean, I say put them out of business. He's going to fine them $14,000 or whatever it is. Uh, per uh, incident. Per incident. He's going to – Biden's going to put people out of business and out of work if they don't get the jab. Uh, So you choose between the uh, vaccine that is showing less and less effectiveness against the variants and uh, or lose your or or your family can't eat. Basically, that's the that's the way it should be framed. Uh, with, with what the federal government is trying to do here, and one of the main things Abe is saying here is citing the Supreme Court in 1905 that if you're going to mandate vaccines for the general public in the name of health, this needs to go through state legislatures. Not we don't have we don't have a monarch as Abe says. We don't have it's not King Biden who uh, lords lords over. 320 million people and says, you got to get a shot or else I'm going to make your life miserable. That's not acceptable. It's not constitutional and it should be resisted. And that's what we're talking about here today. Go ahead now.
0: Yeah. And uh, now, Abe, I've been asking this question for months now, uh, but I I really didn't think we'd get to the place of mandates like we are. Uh, And seeing that the left seems to be all for the mandates, media seems to be all for the mandates. So let me ask you this question. If President Biden can do what he says he's going to do, which we've been discussing, then why does he not have the authority to say, you know what, we're going to skip all that with the fines. I'm just sending people door to door, and you're going to be dragged out into your yard, and we will forcibly inject you with the vaccine. Right. Why? What's to stop him from doing
4: that if he has this authority? That's a legitimate question. I mean, and that's that's a part of the reason why... This should be resisted by all Americans. Whether the, the issue here is not whether you are pro or against the vaccination, the issue is whether or not the federal government has this power. And just as you rightly phrased your question, if the federal government has the power to compel 100 million Americans to to take an injection, regardless of their consent, and regardless of the particular t- science. Uh, vetting it out, you know, if Dr. Fauci can say he doesn't have a firm answer to this I mean this is one of the, if not the leading infectious disease expert in our country if he doesn't know, how can the government force citizens to take these injections um, th- that question is rightly presented if, if the federal government can do this why can't he send his goons door to door and drag people out of their houses and shove it into their arms on the front lawns right, it's yeah. a short leap from this national injection mandate and that door to door uh scenario being played out and it's some it really is unconscionable to even have to consider that in the United States of America but that is where we are and then I will add to that uh, he has he has demonstrated recently his antipathy for the rule of law he admitted concerning the federal eviction moratorium that most of the legal experts he personally consulted told him he did not have the authority to do what he did yet he did it anyway Mm -hmm. that should give the American people a chilling recognition of the lack of respect for the rule of law that the current occupant of the Oval Office has, he very well may be aware that he doesn't have the power to do it, yet he's going to try to do it anyway.
2: And yet they accuse Trump of being a dictator. Right. Uh, yeah. How ironic. that yes. uh, we've, been in, ironic. we've been in office eight months, and, and, and Biden's uh, sending out mandates and dictates left and right, and the left doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Let me also just add this. We've only got about a minute left here. Just I'm, I just want to speak to those people who are maybe listening to us going I, I don't understand why you people won't won't be a, won't be a team player here and get the vaccine so we can move on with our our collective lives here in America It just seems very selfish to me. I'm saying there are people out there who think like that. Uh, they don't hate us or right. but they just wonder what what's the deal man? Why your you Get your yep. shot and let's let's, let's, let's let's all join together, you know, united way. You know, let's reach the top of the thermostat here. Yeah. And I, I would just say to those people, uh, we, those of us who are questioning the whole mandate and the, and the vaccinations, have legitimate reasons uh, and have studied this and have researched this. And we know we, we, I'm not anti-vax, by the way. I'm not pro-vax. I'm not anti-vax. Uh, I have natural antibodies, so I don't have to make a decision. All right. Convenient for me. But I'm just saying that it's not because we, uh, those of us who fall into this camp of hesitancy, are against vaccinations or against our neighbor. It's just that there are real concerns about putting an injection into your bloodstream that's only hasn't even been out there but a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't know what long-term uh, uh, after effects of this are, and so I just wanted to to put that out there. So as it was, Please be understanding of that. We'll be back momentarily.
3: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.